streets, trials, black lives, unicycling, London, London, London. Hello, welcome to the Unicycle Life podcast. This is episode number eight. Um, welcome to all of our existing listeners and any new listeners that might be listening. Um, thank you for joining us. Very much appreciate it. Um, if you've never listened to the podcast before, we discuss all things unicycling, um, all different disciplines, um, anything goes. Um, we just love unicycling. Um, the format of this show is we usually have a panel of uh, unicyclists um, and we discuss various different topics within unicycling. And in episode eight, we've got Marie Schlenker, um, who is predominantly a freestyle unicyclist. I think you would, um, she would agree. Uh, and we also have Kit Johnson, who is a... Kit Greenwood. Oh, I said the wrong <laughs> Kit, didn't I? Wow. Oh, that's uh, Kit Johnson's Kit old Johnson, school Kit. That's my undercover ID. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kit. We also have Kit Greenwood, who... I would um, I would describe as a mountain unicyclist predominantly, um, maybe just a unicyclist. Just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in his own words. Um, so yeah, that is today's panel. It's slightly smaller than usual, um, but that means it's no less good. Um, it just means we have more work to do each. Um, oh, so yeah, that's the panel. Point. Um, and as always, uh, we want you, that's the listener, to join in the conversation. So if we're talking about anything um, that you want to comment on, stick your oar in, um, put a comment below. Uh, I don't know where this is going to be posted yet um, for reasons that we're going to discuss in a minute. Um, but put a comment below, email in your comments, write a letter, send us a postcard. Um, <laughs> And we will discuss it on the next podcast. Um, or if you just want to comment on something, um, then yeah, uh, send them in. Uh, it's always, always a good to know what other people think of the topics that we talk about. Um, and moving on to that first topic, um, it's sort of a non-topic really. The podcast has changed in that we have found a home. So when we first started recording this, I was putting the episodes on SoundCloud um, and I didn't realise that the SoundCloud free account only gives you like an hour of free time or something. Um, and obviously these episodes are sort of like an hour long each anyway. So as soon as I got the first episode on, I'd basically used up the whole SoundCloud free account. <laughs> um, so I had to find somewhere else to host it. And... I do predominantly video, um, video is what I know, and I was actually editing the podcast on Premiere Pro, on a Premiere Pro timeline with just a black video <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then exporting it as an MP3. Hellish. <laughs> yeah, it's so noobish um, for, I, I'm not an audio guy. Um, and then when we moved to YouTube, um, I realized I could just put a chunk of text saying the episode number, um, and then export the video and then upload that to YouTube because it's free and unlimited. But obviously that doesn't help people that want to listen to it with their phone screen locked um, because it stops unless you've got a paid YouTube account, mm. which wasn't ideal, but it was a good stopgap um, 
a good free stopgap while we found a better place to host it. And yeah, if, um, if you're on your phone, you end up with a million adverts halfway through it as well. And it just becomes tiring pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't ideal, but it was free yeah. um, and it worked for a, for a while. And like I said, it was temporary. So I've been looking for somewhere better to, to host it. Um, and actually, that place came along purely by chance. Um, a guy called Joseph Paul, shout out to Joseph Paul, um, posted in Unicycle Chat that he was starting a unicycle podcast. Um, and uh, it's called One Wheel Short of a Bicycle. And he put up a pilot episode. Um, and then he also put up the first full episode, which is about different types of unicycling. And he hosted it on a place called Anchor.fm. Um, and I listened to it on Anchor.fm. Um, and it seemed really good. And it was free. And it said um, it's free forever. Um, and it's unlimited uh, for as long as you don't put adverts on it. Because you can monetize your, your podcast. And as soon as you do that, that's when it stops being free and you have yeah. to pay for it. And that's fine because I don't want to monetize this. Um, we're just doing <laughs> I it don't for... think we could. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> How could you charge for this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, in terms of production value, Joseph's podcast is way up there. Um, it sounds so much better than, than mm. these. Um, and it's, yeah, Anchor, Anchor was free. Um, so I, I had a look and I've decided to put the podcast on there. So this is actually the first episode that's going to be uploaded straight to Anchor. Um, and a, the good thing about Anchor is it pushes the podcast through to loads of different podcast platforms. Um, so we're now on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. So hopefully some of you listeners now will be listening to this natively through Spotify or Apple. Um, that and that's really cool. I think that's really, really valuable. Yeah. Um, so great. yeah, welcome to any new listeners through any of the new platforms, basically. Um, I'm really excited about this change because uh, it makes it really easy to distribute um, and hopefully it will mean we'll get more listeners because it will be easier to listen to. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. I sure. mean, it means you can just put it on in the car, you can put it on when you're going on a walk and like you can pre-download it before you go outside and go on a walk or whatever, you don't have to be on Wi-Fi or anything. Um, yeah. That just makes it a lot easier, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who's old school like me and doesn't have Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google, um, you can also listen to it natively on Anchor.fm. Um, we'll put the link in the description. Um, but our our handle is Anchor.fm forward slash unicycle hyphen podcast. <laughs> Catchy, I know. <laughs> we'll just change the name of the podcast. Hi, welcome yeah. to unicycle hyphen podcast. <laughs> Um, and I think we can change that, but now I've just said that and publicised it, it's probably not a good That's idea. That's it, it's ruined. No, um, so yeah, you can listen to us on Anchor or through any of the uh, the normal uh, podcast platforms. And so that's really cool. Um, I was gonna want, I was wanting to try and transition really smoothly between topics, but this is not going to be a smooth transition. Um, COVID nineteen. <laughs> a topic that everyone is sick to death of by now and I really didn't want to talk about it anymore yeah. during the podcast because I know the last podcast was pretty much exactly about this yeah. um, but I feel like we, we brushed over a lot of things um, and I think we can have a much more interesting in-depth discussion Yeah. Um, with regards to events um, 
I mean, depending how involved you are with unicycling, you might know or you might not know that Unicon, the World Unicycle Championships, was cancelled. Well, postponed, technically. Um, it was supposed to be this summer, 2020, um, and it's been postponed till summer 2021. Um, we also had the UK Trials Championships here in the UK, which were cancelled completely. Um, if we can hold them next year, we'll just go straight to 2021. We're not going to postpone anything, because there's no point. Um, and we've also had to cancel all the STFU group rides this year as well. Um, and I'm sure there's other events that have had to be cancelled too uh, internationally shame. that I don't know about. Um, but with this, all these events being cancelled, um, a lot of stuff has moved online, um, which is quite interesting. Um, and it also looks like we're, we're going to be in this situation for a long time um, and no one knows how long. Um, and I was wondering whether... Um, if this is going to change how events happen um, or how events have to be run. Um, I watched the Unicon um, Flatland. There was a, um, I'm not, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like the Unicon Flatland battles moved online um, into kind of like a live stream. And I don't know if either of you two watched watched no, them. I, I think Marie, you said you did. I did. did. Yeah, I did. Um, and I, I logged in because I thought, oh, that's cool that something's happening yeah. as opposed to nothing. Um, and I logged on for a bit and I watched for, I think, five minutes. Um, but it just wasn't the same for me. Yeah. At a Unicon, the, the flat battles, the finals are usually held in the evening. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like dark. It's all lit up. There's a big crowd. You're with a load of people. Um, completely Ed. like anti-COVID. Yeah, <laughs> um, always like everything music. you're not allowed to do <laughs> yeah. in COVID. We do for the flat finals. There's mm. music. There's a compare. Like everyone's really excited. You can feel the there's atmosphere. a real buzz. Like it's brilliant fun. And the Unicorn Flat Battle live stream just wasn't that. It was everything that a flat competition wasn't. Uh, I mean, there's energy at a flat comp, but this just felt completely flat. Uh, there was no background music, um, and and th this is this is no disrespect to um, Emil um, and whoever else organised this. Um, it, it's not their fault at all. Um, it's just a symptom of something that's online. Yeah, it just doesn't translate as well at all. Um, you don't get every aspect of it. Yeah, through a video. Um, I mean, I I've done live streams now a couple with the UU, and I know how much work goes into them. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't the same as a flat competition, um, and also the like. There's limits of the internet where different people were dialed in on their phones and their laptops. Mm. The this I'm talking about the riders now that were participating, um, and I think Clement was riding when I dialed in, and I know he does some insane tricks, mm. and the the battle that I watched, he took a turn. And his internet froze literally while he was in the air doing the trick. Yeah. And yeah. then similar to what you just said, Kit, where, where you see me on the, on this call. <laughs> Suddenly this doing call. like really high speed. Yeah, <laughs> fast it forward. was like that. Um, so like he would ride up to do his trick. Then his internet would glitch out. And then you would see him riding away from something. Yeah. And you'd be like, well, I completely missed that trick. Like in the Sims the when technology. the characters spin around when they get changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's it completely killed it and I just it made it unwatchable for yeah. me yeah 
Um, and but I did I did wonder whether now we're going to be in this situation for the foreseeable future. Are we gonna? Is how is this going to develop? Because events obviously can't run in the same way. Um, I mean, they might run in a reduced capacity. I know the California Muni weekend happened last week. Um, I don't know how that happened or if it was legit. I mean, I, d I don't want to... It looked like there were 10 or 12 people, but I don't know anything about the what's allowed and what's not over there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the bigger question is, like, how do you think events might be able to run? Uh, and do you think that we need to change how events run to accommodate? Yeah, because at the moment, the only option is to, you know, have little private uh, rides with your friends. You know, you can go on holiday with your mates. You can you can host what seems and feels like an event. But at the end of the day, it's still closed off because you can't host anything that's completely open because you're going to end up breaking the law and just being irresponsible, really. Um, in terms of actual events... Yeah, I think at the moment we are still restricted to six yeah. here in the UK. So that obviously rules out any event or any SDFU yeah. ride. I hope that the number will increase so that maybe at least the SDFU rides will be able to happen soon again. Mm. Because the minute the number increases, we could ho host outside rides, basically. And yeah. we have like over 100 people or anything like that. So we will never count as a huge event in a way. But that's yeah. different with things like trials championships and unicorn uh which will be a lot more difficult to host i think i guess year. i guess for something small scale like you know a, a 15 20 person stfu ride if the numbers were made so that that would be allowed you know you'd have to make sure that anyone that had planned to come was definitely going to come because you'd, you wouldn't want someone else to miss out because you know the numbers wouldn't add up or whatever you could just have some kind of small deposit scheme. So it's like, okay, well, if, if you're wanting to come to this ride, put three quid deposit down or whatever. And then when you come, we'll just give it back to make sure that people who have said they're coming would come. And you can, you know, definitely have as many people as possible coming. That's interesting you say about the deposit. Something, mm. something that guarantees people show up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Controlling the numbers is definitely one of the biggest problems, yeah. I think. And actually, it's interesting... Um, because I've been reading the government guidance really closely um, on gatherings precisely for the STFU rides yeah. and actually if we're meeting in public like in a town or a city on the streets you are only allowed six people um, yeah. and you've still got socially distanced but if we held uh, an event uh, in quote marks um, at a venue you're allowed up to 30 um, as long as the venue has capacity for that number of people and they have COVID um, uh, procedures in place. Yeah. Um, so in theory, we could hold um, a, a ride, an organized ride yeah. at a venue. So I've been looking at, um, like Radical Bikes is an easy example because we use them quite a lot. Um, Radical Bikes has space for, I think, 30 people on the trials course and 20 people on the jumps. That might be yeah. completely wrong, but I think it's something like that. Um, so in theory, we could have a ride with up to 30 people on the trials course at Radical Bikes. Um, and that's perfectly legal. Um, and, it, and actually, the September STFU group ride was going to be at Derbyshire Bike Trials Academy. 
which is a similar venue to Radical Bikes with a trials course. Um, and it would be legal to have a ride there um, as long as we don't exceed the venue's capacity or 30 people. Um, but that also brings up the question, like, it might be legal, but is it responsible? Yeah. I mean, I want to be getting back to group rides as soon as possible. Mm. But is it responsible to hold a group ride with 30 people um, at this point in time? I, I don't know. I would like to, um, but I don't know if it's the right thing to do. Yeah, it would be great fun. But at the end of the day, you're mixing another 30 people together that are going to go back home to their families after, you know, a day or a weekend or whatever. Yeah. spread you know thinly all the way across the country again because you know if you were to host something like that now people are going to travel from hundreds of miles away you know it's yes. not going to be yeah. local yeah i think the main problem is the travel i think mm. if you, you know if everyone would be on the same page and actually keeping their distance while the ride is happening i think that's not the main issue the main issue is that lots of people will get into trains and buses and actually travel across the country mm. yeah that's something i hadn't even thought of marie yeah yeah i, I mean guess. most i think you know like we could responsibly like keep our distance like i think with unicycling that should be pretty easy as long as you like not deciding to like hug your friends or anything yeah. like that but um i think the main issue is the travel um and not everyone has a car and in that case you're obviously mixing with all these people who yeah to other places yeah um i think i yeah i hadn't even thought about the travel um because in theory there's quite a lot of unicycling disciplines that you could run competitions for and socially distance. Mm. Um, so like trials, street, flatland, all the urban disciplines are very individual. You just have you to can... avoid the sumo, which would be a great shame, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking in terms of a unicorn, um, like hockey is quite close contact, basketball, yeah. uh, track racing, I guess, because the lanes are quite narrow, but you could always like miss out a lane yeah um the distance events are probably you could still run socially distanced um some of the muni stuff i know in competition people get very close like the field gets quite close together yeah but you could probably still could do, do that you could like distance. stagger the start or you could have like timed runs or whatever yeah um there's gotta be a way of sorting that out Unicorn I mean, isn't really about the competitions that much, at least mm. for me. So if I think about a socially distanced unicorn, it's just not a real unicorn in a way. Like if yeah. you know, it's about meeting people, and I think yeah. it's very very difficult to like keep a two meter distance to everyone while you're at unicorn. Like imagine a flatland uh, final with everyone having to sit like two meters apart in like this huge 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 circle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I think it would just kill the atmosphere basically yeah yeah that's true yeah so i guess and if this i don't know how long this is going to go on for but say if it goes on for years um does that mean we just don't have a unicycle event for years because that seems impossible to me mm. i don't think that it's not any unicycling event but i think um a unicorn is particularly difficult uh, and you could say you split it up into disciplines, and I know that this has been discussed before, to have like a muni unicorn and a racing unicorn and an urban unicorn, but I feel like it kills the spirit of unicycling. Yeah. It's going to be really sad if that happens, I think. I mean, I guess, but I think I've been a big fan of splitting up the disciplines for years. Um, 
I think that'll improve the individual. I mean, while unicycling is still as small as it is, it makes sense to have Unicon, like the world championships where you do everything. Mm. But in no other sport other than the Olympics, do every single different discipline of that sport like compete together? Like cycling, for example, is a really easy one. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't have like the track world championships at the same time as like downhill. <laughs> it just like even the idea of that is ridiculous. Imagine just putting all the same all the people in the same room. Just <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it, even to a point, there is some segregation in unicycling. I think anyway, because a lot of the freestylers will turn up just for freestyle at Unicon, yeah. and they literally don't do anything else. And they'll go, they'll stay at their hotel. They'll go and do their competition, yeah. they'll go and practice, and then they'll go back to their hotel. They don't socialise with anyone else. They don't go and watch any of the other competitions. Probably why they're so good. And a, a lot of the urban riders do that as well. Yeah. A lot of the urban riders will just go for the urban stuff and not bother watching anything else. Some will. I'm not I'm not tiring everyone with the same brush, but yeah. I, I'm guilty of it as much as anyone else. The first couple of unicorns I went to, I literally just watched Flat and Street yeah. and, and Trials, and that was it. I didn't care about anything else. Yeah, I mean, I started out just doing freestyle and judging all the time, watching the performances. And because freestyle is such a huge discipline, you can spend most of your days of Unicon just doing freestyle. But I feel like I've had better Unicons. Like, so I did that in Italy in 2012. And after that, I decided to like look around and see other disciplines. And it has improved my Unicon experience so much. I met so many different people. And it kind of like enriched my whole unicycling experience. And I would be really sad to see kind of like a unicorn that is like split up into different disciplines where you have like, I don't know, five different events throughout the year and you don't get everyone in the same place. Because it also prevents you from seeing other stuff. I might have never started some urban riding if I hadn't seen it somewhere before. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with it. It enriches the experience for the individual, but I don't think it helps the sport like it, it's not that i think that will hold the sport back in terms of development Why yeah i mean I, I think it's an interesting point because when i mean i've not been to a unicorn yet because i um well my first one was going to be grenoble um but i i was a muni guy and then i met um you ed at a ride and you know and that basically brought me into the kind of street and fr uh, flatland freestyle kind of area um and if i were to have strictly stuck to one discipline probably be really good at muni now but instead i can like one foot ride do some muni and m try and coast occasionally <laughs> it's kind of cool to watch but it means i've got you know I, i'm more thinly spread um and while the sport's still small that's that's an inevitability but yeah, as the sport grows and grows, you're going to get more and more people being more and more specialised. Um, and that might be a good thing. Might not be, I'm not sure. I certainly think... I think it would be interesting to see that what how the disciplines would develop if they split and went in their own way. Um, it, from an organisation perspective, it's certainly easier to organise an event with just one discipline. Um, I mean, I do the trials That's championships... True in the UK and I did that purely because I know how to run a trials competition I don't know how to run a flatland competition I do know how to run a street comp but it's just way easier to yeah just way easier to concentrate on one thing and make that one thing good yeah rather than try and make several things adequate do you know what I mean 
I mean, it would definitely make it easier from an organizer's perspective. Um, yeah. It's also of like choice of venue. It would make it definitely. so much easier if you wouldn't have to think about Muni and Freestyle at the yeah. same time and having a great we need, we, <laughs> we need a brilliant <laughs> flat, flat and a good venue skate park and a around. You know, there are very range. few places that can actually yeah. hold the Unicorn because of all the requirements that you need to hold all these different events. Yeah. It makes That's it what a I mean. task. And yeah, from an organizer's perspective, I completely agree. Um, but and that's what I mean about from a rider's perspective <laughs> but, but yeah that's what I mean about like because some disciplines will suffer at the expense of others because um, like freestyle is always well in theory freestyle is always going to be the same because it just needs a haul yeah. whereas if you're in a certain geographical location where there's no good downhill yeah. the downhill is going to suffer uh, and the same with like flatland and urban if there's no like I, I, we build the skate park mainly now yeah but in in the past if there's been no good skate park then the street suffers um mm. in 2012 the flatland comp was on a tennis court um <laughs> so like was that like the, soft underfoot or was it concrete it was like the um the you know like the, like the red and green oh, red. spongy yeah. stuff yeah, yeah. It was that. It wasn't that <laughs> and, bad, though. Like, I mean, it no, it wasn't great, that bad. But, but like, it's, it's not. A flat it's not. Ground, that's what I mean. So. It's not great. Yeah. If you had a flatland like World Championships, you could concentrate on getting yeah. like the best riding surface. Um, and the the trials in 2012 was on an ice hockey rink, which was defrosted. It wasn't obviously yeah. ice, but it was still <laughs> slippy as fuck. Yeah. But it was the best venue that they had for trials. Whereas if you had the trials World Championships, you could the venue would be based around the riding surface. And that's what I'm getting at when I say I think splitting the disciplines up would improve the sport because it means you could have the, like, the perfect environment for yeah. that specific event. Do you know what I mean? I think it would improve the competition, but it would, well, it would make the community maybe less um, inclusive. Yeah. yeah, I agree with Marie there. I think from a, like, technically, it would be better to have you know to be able to have a convention for every single different discipline with brilliant um venues for each but actually when the sport's this small and almost even if the sm if the sport was still bigger it would be better to be able to have everyone in the same room and everyone to share ideas and actually just i kind of love the fact that you can have a brilliant you know, someone who's brilliant at two different disciplines at the same event and take part in both. And yeah, I don't know. Um, I quite like the weirdness. Same. And it's <laughs> it's the community that keeps me coming back. Um, I feel like a bit weird and callous now. You guys have pointed it out that, yeah, it feels like they those two things are kind of at odds with each other, like the community and like the good of the sport. Yeah. Um cuz like yeah, I go to Unicon for the unicycle um what do they call it? The unicycle spirit. I go to Uni Unicon for that. Yeah. Um I don't really go for the riding as such. Um but I think as the sport gets bigger, if it gets bigger, I hope it gets bigger. Um I think that it'll probably naturally go that anyway like that way anyway. Yeah. I think things will gradually separate off as they need to. Yeah, I, it might not be something that we consciously do. Um, it might just be something that happens no, when the sport gets big enough. Yeah, it'll just be like m more 
regional and like national events will start kicking off and then you know more international people start going to them and it'll just be because there's more people it's more easily justified to just oh hey let's do a worldwide freestyle comp you know and that'll be viable Um, but if you were to try and do that now it'd be really difficult i mean it kind of happened in germany so there was a thing called deutschland cup which has had basically at least all uh track racing and freestyle together and i think also jumps um and uh then because the number of riders just increased and increased and increased they kind of split into their own german championships for freestyle and for track racing um so basically exactly that happened um, because of the number of riders who wanted to participate. Um, but I still, well, I love Unicorn for the fact that it's that diverse. Um, and also for me, I mean, that's now my personal opinion, but obviously I started out doing just freestyle. So I have lots of people that I know in this discipline, but I don't really actually ride it that much anymore. So for me, the barrier to go to a pure freestyle competition where I wouldn't participate anymore just to meet people would be a lot higher than if it's just at the same event with like the stuff that I do now. Yeah. And you can, oh, I, and same with track racing. I did a lot of track racing when I was younger. Um, I don't really do much of it now anymore, but it's kind of nice to be able to like watch a few races when you're at Unicorn Yeah. and just like have, the, you know, like my old uh, club in Germany, they still go to these, um, well, they're pretty good actually. And they do racing. So whenever they have like their competitions at Unicom, I show up to cheer for them when they're doing like the uh, relay races, for example. <laughs> it's just really nice. Uh, I don't I don't do any racing anymore, um, but it's just kind of cool that you can still like you know you can come out of the freestyle gym or from like the the street course and just go to the track racing and yeah, it's all there. I love that about Unicom. Um, but yeah. I see how it would be a lot easier, especially in times of COVID, to split Unicom up or. I hope it doesn't happen though, but it might it I, might be a way to run the event um, next year in case like um, events with over a thousand people are still banned. But it would be sad a sad year for Unicorn, I think, and for the sport. I'd be devastated if that was my first year. <laughs> 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 but yeah, if it was if it was either that or nothing, then you know it obviously would make sense. But yeah. It's interesting, and I I'd never even thought that we could split a Unicorn up to run it during COVID. Um, that I mean, I'd written down some notes for this, but I hadn't even thought of that. Mm. I guess yeah, that is a realistic way that we could do it. I mean, I don't know if it would happen next year because obviously they have booked this huge venue all for the same time period, so yeah. they would need to make changes. So I think that would not be happening in twenty twenty one. Maybe in twenty twenty two, if that's still the case. I think someone from the uh, WHO um, made a statement this week. Uh, thinking that uh, COVID will be around for at least two years. Yeah. Um, and I think someone in the UK backed that up and said it would probably even be longer. Um, so it's kind of scary to think about the fact that, you know, Unicorn might be postponed for years or, you know, you have to find ways to split it up or do things online or... But I mean, yeah. even if they had like, because it's two weeks long, you could just split it up time ways. That would make travel an absolute nightmare, but there's got to be a way of splitting it up even if it was all still at the same venue you know you could have like trials covering three or four days or whatever um anywhere that shares spaces i think it would need to be a lot longer yeah um i mean the the good thing about unicorn right now is that you know several things can run at the same time yeah um 
I think you'd also, if you ran it in that format, you'd get people showing up for the whole thing because they want to see everyone else. Oh, yeah. See, that's so, what like, I would that do. That wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I would do. I would just stay for them. Well, yeah. And also, if um, you're going to travel all that way, you're not just going to leave well. after four days. It's like, well, uh, you know, I'm here. I've spent 700 I mean, quid in petrol. <laughs> I mean, I think they're still having the Olympics scheduled for next year. So if that happens, I think there must be a way for Unicon to happen as well. Mm, yeah um but it's gonna be we can just like see in the next months i guess um it's just really hard to speculate right now but um yeah it's it's definitely sad times um mm. for any kind of event really. um i know that they're trialing um concerts in germany at the moment to see the effect that those like big events with over a thousand people have so yeah. they're actually on purpose, like letting people go into stadiums, Whoa, okay. have, like out, outdoor concerts yeah. and, and, and just then... like have scientists study what happens. And I yeah. kind of hope that that is, has a positive result and maybe um, it's not that bad to have people outside. Um, I'm trying to imagine a mosh pit and every mosh pit I've been in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to be that successful. I mean, I think people have to wear like... I think they're doing like different things, different measures in those yeah. different stadiums. So I think one is completely without any measures. So like pre-COVID, one is, um, you oh, know, with like cool. face mask. And then the other one is like distances between people as well, something like that. If you had yeah. everyone throughout the whole gig hula hooping. You'd be absolutely safe. <laughs> I mean... I, I think, you know, if people are sensible, like, there there is a way to do events more socially distanced. It's just, you know, like, the moment the competition is over and people start to party, you have to, like, remember that you're still in, like, a pandemic, basically. Yeah. 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 And I, I think... What was I going to say? I don't know what I was going to say, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... <sighs> I love that. I was going to try and bring it back to you. Oh, oh yeah. Um, obviously, having um, like not that many events um, doesn't help the sport grow in terms of getting new people involved mm. um, in in the community um, because we have loads of new people in the UK, and I'm sure it's fairly similar in other countries. Um, we've got so many new riders that learned to ride during lockdown because they just wanted to learn a new skill and they had all yeah. this time. Um, and so we've got like this massive influx of new riders, Yeah. but we have no events or no infrastructure Nothing to support to... those new riders or encourage yeah. them. And I think having like this never happens like you never get this many new riders all at the same time, or it's mm. never happened in the UK anyway. Um, and it'd be really, really cool to like keep hold of those people and keep them riding. Yeah. Um, but there's almost no in no incentive for them to carry on riding um, if there's no events. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people learn to ride, see it as an impractical way of getting around, and then put the unicycle in their cupboard and forget about it. You know, if we don't catch them in this kind of immediate future. Um, it was it was a blessing to like receive this many new riders, but then, yeah, we can't keep. You any can't of do them anything with them because yeah. we can't invite them to anything. We can't promote the yeah. unicycling scene. 
and that that's what I've been trying to do for the last probably 10 years of my life is like expand the number of riders in the UK yeah basically so we just have more riding mates yeah but then you've had like it's been such hard work and we've got it to a point now where we've got like 10 10 of us that regularly go to rides and a lot more in the wider group but that don't don't come out to everything um but and that's been such hard work that's basically 10 years of my life and now suddenly you get like that times a thousand (laughs) happens in like two months but you can't do anything with it you can't retain any of them yeah it's really frustrating yeah i've I've just had the start what about if we would like run local events and i mean like not all of us going to a place because that obviously includes a lot of travel Mm. but rather all of us running a local event with like you know a fixed number of people even if it's just six at the moment i think they're going to increase it to 30 or so next month so that could mean you could run your local event in your area and just try to get those people that are maybe new and in the area to come to your local event. Yeah. And if all of us 10 who actually come to all these rides would run a local event, then maybe that would, that would help quite a that bit. That would work, yeah. Yeah, that might be the way forward. We need like, um, lots of tiny things. We need Just Roger like... to publish a list of everyone's address that's bought a unicycle recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a really... Well, might be based. something uh, against GDPR. Though. No, 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 no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that, it, that kind of ties in with the like unicycle profile thing that I talked to you about before, Ed, um, where you just encourage new riders in the UK unicycle chat to like come up with a very short profile about themselves, maybe just like their name, where they're based and what they like to do in a unicycle. And if they would publish that on like an Instagram account or Facebook, you could kind of get a map of where people are. You could invite those local people to those rides. Like a bit like the open unicycle map. I was map. about to say yeah, open, basically. open unicycle map, but I don't think a lot of people have actually put themselves on that. Um, no, but if we would push it through the yeah. UK, maybe that would work. Mm. Um, I feel like there's lots of stuff going on in UK unicycle chat at the yeah. moment, um, and maybe it would be useful to just use that momentum and like make people kind of like just introduce themselves to the community. Yeah, yeah. Because I think once you're in the community, that's it. You're you're kind of there to stay. Um, yeah. if you if you're into that kind of thing uh, because it is such an inclusive and friendly environment um it's just getting people kind of into that in the first place i think is the major challenge when you've got no events yeah oh the most exciting thing happened yesterday or the day before or something i was uh riding from uh, motorbiking not unicycling from uh Cumbria down to Birmingham and I was doing it by A roads and I was going through like the I don't know the Derbyshire Dales or something maybe the ones just north of that and there was a guy on a KH26 with a brake steaming down a hill and his cadence was absolutely insane so if, oh, cool. if you're that person you have to join the scene because I've definitely never seen you anywhere but like I, I actually saw a mountain unicyclist in the wild but I hadn't brought my unicycle with me, so I couldn't just go on an impromptu ride. Devastating. But that was that was uncanny. You never see unicyclists riding. That's down the coolest the thing. I think in my almost twenty years of riding I've never seen someone in the wild who I don't know. Yeah, it was really weird. I like I was I did the usual like, I cheered as I went past him, but he'll have just thought, Oh, it's just someone cheering me for unicycling, but Just another Just idiot. another reveller. Jock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cool. Yeah, so that there are loads of people around. It's just like, how do we get them involved when we can't run events? And I think that's 
definitely something that we as the UUU, uh, well, speaking as the secretary, um, need to kind of think about and, and really discuss at length probably, not, um, not for a podcast, but I think that was really interesting to have that conversation. Um, it's made me feel a bit better about events, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And also the other problem is um, like actually getting unicycles during this time. Um, because I know unicycle.com have had, I don't know if they've had problems with containers, but I think they've just sold so much in such a short space of time mm. um, that they can't keep up with the supply. Like their usual timeline for supply just doesn't work when like a thousand people decide they're going to learn unicycling in one day um but that doesn't mean that they're not receiving stuff um and actually the new impact exceed carbon seat has just come out um, how was that for a transition so so, so if you're a brand new rider and they've run out of club unicycles we've got just the saddle for you it's 195 pounds but it's Aww. the best seat you can get. <laughs> um, no. Seriously, yeah. Uh, so the Impact Exceed carbon seat has just come out. Um, this has been in development for ages. Um, for those of you that don't know, Unicycle.com used to sell um, a carbon fibre seat base. Um, and it was called the Gemcrest base. Um, and it used to be £40 from Unicycle.com UK. Um, and it was arguably one of the best carbon seat bases that has ever been on sale um for those of you that don't see the point of having a carbon fiber seat base maybe if you're new to riding you've never heard of them before um they're really good when you start doing more serious like flatland riding street riding where you're putting a lot of pressure on the handle on the front and also landing on the seat heavily as well uh, the plastic bases snap and bend and they're really floppy and actually for muni having a really stiff seat is really good as well because you yeah. you can you get a lot more response from and sort of feel through the seat with a carbon guess base you can put a handle on as well because as soon as you put a handle on a plastic seat base you're wobbling all over the spot you know the whole base is bending all over the place because you've got so much more leverage exactly and if you've only ever ridden a plastic base you probably don't realize but if you ride a carbon base and then go back to a plastic base it just bends all over the place. It's crazy mm. how much you notice once you've felt how stiff a carbon base is. Um, anyway, unicycle.com um, stopped producing the carbon bases. I think the supplier changed or the supplier um, shut down or something um, and they no longer produce them anymore. Um, you could get axle bases, which were also really good, but axle made them by hand, I think. Um and the, the numbers were very limited and they were time consuming to make, I think. Um, several people have tried making carbon bases since, but I don't think any of them have been quite as good as the old Gemcrest bases uh, or Unicycle.com bases. Um, until now, where Unicycle.com has decided to uh, release a carbon a whole seat, because before it was just a base yeah. and you had to drill it yourself, you had to file out the holes so that they were hexagonal so you could it's put like a little DIY nuts in. kit. <laughs> Basically, yeah, you'd buy the you'd buy a seat, you'd buy the base and then you'd take apart the seat and replace the plastic base for the yeah. carbon one. Um so it was a big DIY thing and if you weren't that uh, competent with tools, it was a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um and I've I've paid over the odds for seat bases before that were pre-drilled. Um 
although I could do it myself, I just can't be asked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now unicycle.com have released this complete seat. It comes uh, with foam, with a handle, with a cover, complete. You literally just bolt it onto your it's unicycle. It's got a few different handle sizes you can buy with it as well. It's really like, you know, you won't have to do anything to it if you just buy the right one. Um, yeah. So it comes with a choice of two foam thicknesses, thick or thin, and three different handles. Um, so you get like the the crap handle, the really short, stubby one that you can't put your hand in. Um, there's the the normal long handle, which I think is no, actually new, but it's more the KH style, yeah. which is much more comfortable with without hole in it. And then you've got the the long KH style with a hole in it as well. Um, the carbon's five mil thick, which I think is quite thick in terms of carbon. Yeah, bases. that's chunky. But that'll make it super yeah. rigid. How light um, is it in terms of... Like, I've not really looked at it. Is it way lighter than a plastic base or does it make very little odds? Um, off the top of my head, I should have had these figures to hand. Off the top of my head, um, the carbon doesn't come out that much lighter than a plastic base. But yeah. like the stiffness way far yeah. outweighs... like The benefit of having it really stiff yeah. outweighs the weight anyway. Um, they probably are marginally lighter than plastic. Um, but yeah, I know the original Gemcrest base um, had a fiberglass infill like in the middle, um, and that really helped with the strength of it. Mm. And so I assume these do as well, um, although I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, they also come with a removable cover um, and a little plastic shim to protect the carbon from the seat post where it mounts in the middle. Yeah. Um, to prevent your seat post scratching the carbon, obviously carbon fiber if it gets scratched significantly reduces the strength of it yeah um so that's a really cool little feature because you always used to have to cut a little piece of old inner tube to put between the seat <laughs> posts and um, buy a brand new thing and it's already janky by the time it's on your you <laughs> exactly so i think the addition of that little plastic shim is yeah. actually a really nice touch um yeah they're they're for sale on udc now um under the impact brand um they're £195, which a lot of people will be recalling in horror at that. <laughs> um, but you can't get a carbon seat brand new anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and like Kinda I said, once you've ridden market. with one, it's hard to go back to a plastic base um, yeah. unless you're literally just riding around on the streets. Um, I ride Muni with a carbon base. Uh, I wouldn't be able to go back to a plastic because it would feel like I was going to... And actually, I have ridden muni on a plastic base since i've ridden with a carbon base it feels like i'm gonna rip the seat off the top of the seat post it literally feels that bad um so i think for like riders with a lot of experience and who are riding at like the high end i think 195 pounds probably isn't that bad um but yeah, I know for a lot of new riders, that's probably like, oh my God, 200 quid for a seat. It sounds really expensive until you kind of know the benefits of it. Yeah. What I want to know is, will you be able to, and I think a lot of other urban riders as well, because you used to be able to buy just the base and because mm. you already ride the foam and cover that you want and the handle um, and that you find comfortable. Um I, it, it'll be really interesting to know if UDC are going to sell just the base by itself because I know a lot of people don't want a whole new seat. They just yeah. need a new carbon base. Um, so in time, I know, I think you can get replace. 
think you can get replacement covers and you are can they, get replacement foam. Do the covers, uh, are they stapled on or are they like velcroed on or tied it's, or something? By the look of the photos, I mean, we'll, we'll include the link in the description for this, um, but by the look of the photos on unicycle.com UK, um, it's got like an elastic cover. Oh, I think. yeah. Um, and it's got, uh, it's hard to tell actually, but it's definitely got a piece of elastic that goes across the yeah. middle where the seat post would go. And I guess that will clamp it down, clamp yeah. the cover on more firmly as soon as it's mounted to a seat post. Um, but in terms of how the cover actually attaches, it's not quite clear. Yeah. Um, but I know that they are removable. Yeah. Because I think it says in the description. Um, and also Roger has told me that um, you'll be able to buy replacement like covers and handles and stuff um, and foam um, but I'm not sure if you'll be able to buy just a base that's the yeah. question we should probably put to Roger uh, but I also think that's a question that a lot of people UDC's email inbox is probably full of urban riders being like yeah. can I buy just a base <laughs> <laughs> and the bolt patterns for the bumpers and the handles and stuff that's all identical is it's sort of standard yeah, I think yeah. they're all like standard, the standard that KH and Impact yeah. have, and MAD have been using for years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Groovy. I say years. There's a lot of like discrepancies with bases and seats that are kind of like older than 10 years. Um, but I think most things within the last 10 years are fairly standard. Yeah. Um, unless you're talking about Mayata, in which case, don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> But I think Mayata's so out of date now, it's probably not even relevant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's quite exciting that we've got like, even though we're in lockdown times, we've, we've got like n- new product coming through. Yeah. I guess maybe the uh, Exceed Carbon Seat's probably the only thing that's in stock at UDC. <laughs> <laughs> A whole shipping container full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But actually, I mean, that project... I mean, that's come that's come out within the last week, um, but that's a project that was started and has been happening way before COVID. Yeah. Um, but there is still stuff that is in development right now, um, and one of those things is the QX freewheel. Um, oh yeah. A couple of weeks ago, um, a video came out of Becky riding um, a prototype of the QX freewheel hub. Um, and I did a little bit digging on this, and it's going to be using the Q-axle spline interface. Is that like the Shimano one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The kind um, of big old. It's super lightweight. Board. It's got the It's got like the. It feels like we're taking a backward step because um, some unicycle cranks used to have the pinch bolt design mm. um, back in the day. Uh, some old KHs, I think, had a pinch bolt. And the Q-axle has a pinch bolt as well. So it doesn't look very nice. Mm. Um, but it means that you can have a hollow axle, which makes it super lightweight. And if it's the um, Shimano uh, standard, then you could put 190mm cranks on it or something daft. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, <laughs> on a freewheel. <laughs> that might appeal to certain hatchet riders. But that's no good for anyone else. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to have the Q-axle crank interface um it's going to have an inbound disc which is obviously the way forward yep. um 
I hate the KH outboard Ugh, disc they make me feel solution. Ill. I just think it's disgusting and <laughs> ugly and dangerous. They hurt my legs to look at. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think there's only been one major accident with it, but yeah. it just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. Plus, yeah. it looks gross. Um, so it's nice that it's going to have an inbound disc. Yeah. Um, what's more interesting, I think, is like how people are going to use these hubs. Um, freewheel unicycle chat has been a thing for a while. Freewheeling has been a thing for a while, but I never really thought it was going to take off. Um, I was kind of like not militantly against it to mm. begin with, but kind of like, oh, it's a gimmick. It's, it's a not going to last that long. Yeah. People aren't going to be able to get very good because it's a freewheel on a unicycle. It's um, a, a specific subgenre of a very specific sport. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which requires and loads more skill. By its very nature, you have to use the brake to, to control it. Yeah. So you're going to be going... You, you have to slow down, basically, yeah. to keep it under control. Um, that's what I thought. Anyway. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous, and we did a muni ride with, was it Robin? Yeah, was on one, and the stuff that he could pull on it was ridiculously impressive. And everyone was jealous every time he went down a long hill, you know, on a fire road or whatever. Um, some of the stuff he could do was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So I never thought it would become like a like a viable option. Um, obviously, it's got way better in the last couple of years and people are doing some really good stuff on it becky is i think one of the main um proponents of the free will movement mm. um but i still don't think you can go as fast on a free will as you can fixed yeah um and i might be biased because i know a lot of very good fixed riders mm. um oh most, thanks Ed. i think most of the uk riders well, most of like the prolific UK muni riders can probably go faster fixed than yeah. like, the, the best person on a freewheel. Um, especially when it comes to technical yeah. technical stuff. Like I've never ridden a freewheel off road, so I can't I can't speak from experience. But I feel like I'm in hundred percent control even when I'm at my max speed going off drops and stuff. Yeah. Whereas I just feel like with a freewheel, you're never 100% in control, especially when you're going off drops. Yeah. M maybe I'm um, speaking out of turn because I have zero experience off road yeah. of a freewheel. But just from many years of experience riding, I feel like, and I have ridden freewheel unicycles, just not off road. Mm. I just feel like you can't have the same level of control at it's that speed. Not a lot of trust. You can probably go it, faster, yeah. like in general on a freewheel yeah. going down a flat straight slope then you would be able to spin it out fixed yeah but i don't feel like you're going to have the same level of control and i feel like muni and downhill is probably the place where these are going to be more, most prolifically yeah. used um but i don't know what do you guys think i think the main advantage of a of a freewheel muni is Everyone in front of you, if you need to get past, immediately assumes you're a bicycle and so jumps out of your way. And then when you go past on a freewheel yoon, they swear at you, but you've overtaken them, if you know what I mean. That's the main advantage. When, when I was on that ride with Robin, I'd hear a, a click, 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 and then I'd just immediately hop off the yoon into the hedge and then watch Robin ride past me on his freewheel looking a bit smarmy. It's like, oh, God's sake. <laughs> 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 it's not even a bicycle. <laughs> That's, I mean, uh, yeah. But, yeah, other than Muni and, yeah, I don't know. 
it's difficult to imagine, but it's 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 so far out of the sort of core unicycling scene that it's like asking a non-unicyclist if you could drop off a boulder on a unicycle. You know, it's I feel that detached from freewheel unicycling. That's a good analogy, yeah. That I, I just don't, that. you know, I don't understand. You know, it's it's like I'm a bicyclist. There seems to be quite a few people as well that are doing it now. I thought it was just a gimmick and that maybe one or two people would do it mm. like, consistently. But there seems to be quite a lot. I've never really gone in freewheel unicycle chat before. I did when I was doing research for this topic. Yeah. Um, and there's actually loads of people that are at quite a high level or what Whoa. I would consider a high level at it. Um, there's one guy called AJ Kinsella Johnson um, and he's pumping a BMX track with a freewheel. <laughs> um and like actually clearing a table on it it's insane we'll put the the video link yeah. in the description i'd love to see that i mean um, in, sorry mate sorry yeah i think in, i've never I've, I've tried riding one on flat ground i miserably failed uh, i only gave it like <laughs> one or two tries so um i guess you need practice but i think in theory you could be faster with it yeah. like it's really steep basically if you had the control and if you know if people practice maybe they would get the control Mm. If if you really like would do only this for you know every uni that you do and you would get really good at it, I think you would have yeah. severe advantage yeah. over people who always have to pedal. Um, I mean it hasn't been developed that far yet, but I could see people actually getting faster at this than that with the normal fixed unicycles. Yeah, mm. and I think that's the key point. I think the more people do it, the more it will develop. Um. And like Kit said, before you've tried it, it seems impossible. Mm. Um, and that might be that might be the reason why I think it, it, it wasn't going to take off. Um, because I've ridden a freewheel unicycle for, yeah, like five minutes. Um, yeah. I've spent yeah. a bit longer than that, actually. I, I wrote, I've ridden one for quite a considerable time. Um, but I don't find them fun because I never really felt that in control. Mm. But I guess the more people do it, um, especially with riders like Robin... Um, I know he'd had his for a while, but he wasn't super confident on it. Um, and so he just took it on a muni ride with us. We were all on fixed and he was on the freewheel. At the beginning of the day, he struggled a bit. Mm. But then by the end of the day, he was way more confident. Yeah. And I guess it's just going to take more people to do that and get really into it to the point where they take out a freewheel instead of the fixed every time. Yeah. Um, and I guess the more people do that, the more it develops then people will get really good at it. Yeah. And that's when, that's probably when we'll see freewheel riders going faster than fixed. <laughs> I, I mean, mean from that's a stubborn why po- <laughs> I was going to say, from a stubborn point of view, I kind of don't want it to get faster than fixed <laughs> because I can't do it. And also, um, how much is the hub? I don't want to have to buy a new hub. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut the cut the welds on your uh, on yeah. your flanges, kit. Oh, they they don't need cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's on the QAX post. Um, they said maybe spring twenty twenty one for a release for this hub. Well, that's quite short. Um, no idea of price yet, um, but I know the QAX QAXL hub is fairly expensive. But I guess yeah. there's a lot of development costs there. Yeah, and they need to make that back. Um, so I've no idea on price, but yeah, they're saying maybe spring next year. I'm gonna release on that. I'm gonna wait for when they release the one with two disc brake mounts for 
ultimate brake grab. And then two I'll discs. buy one. Yeah, two double disc. <laughs> and then I'll need an old Triton frame with <laughs> two brake yeah. grabs. <laughs> well, I've often thought about making a stupid unicycle with dual discs. Yeah. Because if you used uh, like a normal frame with a with a disc mount, yeah. and then if and you then use the KH... Well, yeah, with the when you could have also the KH style, uh, yes. which is on the other side anyway. Yes. So you could have an inbound disc on the left, and then you could have KH cranks <laughs> on the right with a disc on with an outboard disc. So you could have dual disc. Yep. And if you really, really wanted to, you could have a Magura rim brake on yes. it. <laughs> All bled into one reservoir. Yeah, just off of a single lever. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the stopping power. <laughs> You'd just break and the world would start turning. All on turning. a 19-inch Yoon. <laughs> 19? <laughs> yeah, with 203 mil rotors. Yeah. <laughs> Sharp 203 mil rotors. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. But it's just such a stupid, expensive project. Yeah. It's difficult to... Uh, I'm, I'll work on having a break on my Muni, just one. And then... <laughs> yeah, get on one working first. <laughs> Oh, cool. So, yeah, free wheels. I guess we'll see what happens with those. It's exciting. It'd be cool to see. It's nice to see innovation in, st- like, super niche stuff like that. Though. Yeah. Well, maybe one day, as we were talking about earlier, there'll be an entire unicorn for free wheel unis. And there'll oh, be God. an entire scene of <laughs> maniacs with no control. <laughs> <laughs> the coasting, like, the coast yes. downhill gliding would be interesting on yeah. free wheels. <laughs> <laughs> golly goose but yeah i think that kind of um brings me to the end of all the topics that i had oh they're actually um sort of related to events where it is directly related to events actually um i've had way too much coffee that that's not related to events uh that's just an observation i was making um because my brain's all over the place the stfu ride for september was planned to be for the Derbyshire Bike Trials Academy or Bike Trials Centre. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Um, and I emailed Carl, the guy that runs the place, um, asking if they were open and if uh, a group ride there would be possible. And he said yes. So it's not 100% confirmed yet, but um, the September STFU group ride might still be going ahead. Golly um, goose. I mean, it, I'm not sure what the max number of people will be um i feel like we probably will have to restrict numbers yeah somehow uh, but it might be going ahead um that's, that's kind of exciting cool. yeah, but yeah so the... it was derbyshire yeah derbyshire. be able to get that muni guy along go and find yeah. him again <laughs> <laughs> on a an old kh26 his cranks are probably long enough to ride trials definitely <laughs> <laughs> At least one fifty. <laughs> His legs were like do it like orbiting the moon every time. He, like he was going down a really long hill, and he was his cadence was ridiculous. His legs were travelling at speed. Wow. Yeah. So so that's kind of exciting. That's good. Um, still got more work to do on that. Um, but watch this space. News on that will be on the STFU um, social media. So uh, there'll be a link in the description to that. Um, so if you're interested in coming along, um, keep an eye on the social media. It's not confirmed yet, um, but it, it's looking like it is possible. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of exciting. Very cool. And I think that just about wraps it up for this episode. We've been going for almost an hour. Um, Dolly goose. So, 
maybe just over. So yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, Lovely. Thanks for joining me. Um, it's been marvellous. Both Kit and Marie. And also, thanks for joining us to you, the listeners. Um, like we said at the beginning, if there's anything we talked about that you want to have a say on, um, comment on, I guess, this post in Unicycle Chat or on Facebook, wherever this gets posted. I don't even know how I, it's going to work yet. I don't even... You can't comment on Spotify or Apple no. Podcasts, can you? But if you yeah somehow get in touch oh, it will um, it. we have an email address actually um which would probably be unicycle life podcast at gmail.com um so if that exists send us an email with some questions um <laughs> uh, if you've got any or your thoughts and we'll discuss them in the next one um this podcast is about you the community more than it is about us um so yeah it's really good to hear from the listeners. Um, so Gives yeah, us something to just talk about, about as well. Up. Yeah, exactly. Genuine content, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, and as we said at the beginning, we're now on Anchor, we're now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google, and various other platforms. Um, so if you can subscribe, uh, we're going to try and do way more of these more regular interviews. So um, yeah, we'll see you on the next one and until then happy riding stay safe and we'll see you on the other side bye <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs>